The following episode of Fofop is classified MA. It contains some coarse language, some nudity, drug references, a sex scene, time travel, terrible Batman impersonations, a Charlie Clausen pronounced Clausen shaped hole, and mild coarse language. Fofop advises that the program is not suitable for persons under the age of 15, and minors must be accompanied by an adult guardian or priest. This is John Deke speaking. Everyone relax. This is Toe Fox. Ironically, I'm not relaxed. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Faux Pop. I'm Will Anderson and uh, guest Charlie, returning guest Charlie, but he hasn't been on the podcast for a while. He only really comes on when he needs something. But uh, <laughs> that's okay because we like having him on. It's uh, Chris Mansine here. How are you, Chris? Great to be here. And what's weird is I need something. Yeah. yeah. You know what the thing is? When you need something, I like to have you on because the things that you need are things that I like. Okay. So okay. I'm it, glad it, it lined up. It just happens to be two Venn diagrams yeah. that overlap. Uh, they both separately would be good things. They yes. happen to just be an area of interest. I like you. I like to catch up with you. And I like I, my audience, I think, likes you. You know, the, you know, the things that you've done, comedy film nerds and earbuds, and people are very excited about that. And I know yes. like people from this podcast contributed mm. money to the making of that. And so definitely. I think they definitely have like an investment in you and, and what you do and the way that you go about making the things that you do. Well, let me um, tell your fans specifically for the earbuds, you made the final cut. <laughs> Oh, nice. You're, well, that's good. Yeah. That's good news. Yeah, you're, good. you're in it. And also, we um, are just starting the festival submissions and schedule. We'll be announcing where it'll be premiering very soon. And then we have submitted it all over the world, including in Australia. So we'll see if we get into uh, some festivals down there as well. That's really why you put me in it, isn't yeah. it? Like, I mean, let's be honest about it. It's like when they do this with animated films now. And I'm not sure if people know that. Or they did it in the uh, mm-hmm. most recent Captain America film. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a list of things he reads yes. at the start of the movie, yeah. sort of cultural references. <laughs> right. And they change that in different places. So when you're in Australia, oh, I didn't they know were that. Australian jokes. Or when no. they, yeah. So there were oh specific cuts. And like riffs, and you can find them all, all the different places. But I the list didn't of know things, that. and that that's kind of genius when you think about it. <laughs> and they often do it in animated films. They'll take two mm-hmm. little characters in Finding Nemo or whatever, right? And they get local radio celebrities, they know all mm-hmm. media celebrities yes. to voice those characters, right? So of course, all they do is talk about. Oh yeah, yeah, on their show for like you know months that they're in the Finding it's Nemo movie or whatever. It's marketing. Yeah, it's still it's so uh, genius. I know. They so did really, that. that's what you've done. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Will, Will's made the Australian cut. That, that's what he's made. I'm, I'm not sure he's in the entire cut, but the yeah. Aussie cut is definitely. In. You're in the Australian cut and the China cut. Right. I'm not sure you know what the correlation was, well, but it just seemed to work. They're our major trading partners. <laughs> yes. So. God, wouldn't that be great if we had enough money to have more than one cut? That right. would be really great yeah, yeah. <laughs> for independent film. That's the one thing we learned about making a documentary for about $140,000 and going all over the world is that you can't make a documentary and go all over the world for $140,000. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's the main thing you learn. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, here's a question. Uh, in the bit that I am in, mm-hmm. is it uh, anything that's in this apartment? Was it st- stuff that was shot in this apartment here? Is it footage of like me being interviewed here in the apartment or anything like that? Well, it's just your voice, and then we do images of koalas and kangaroos. Okay, I'm fine so with that's... that because I was about to say I've done a lot of renovations and like put up some new art, and like really, it doesn't really look in here like it looked in there. And I was going to say, if it is, could you just please? I'll have another Kickstarter just for some CGI. I'd like you to make it match my apartment now. I'm thinking it's a mixture of uh, yeah, your interviews in the apartment, and then there's a B-roll of you at the uh, at the festival too. Right. Well, mm. yeah. If you could just okay. Well, yeah. a couple of dollars for CGI. Yes. Just take a little photo after today and just take it back and see what you can do. We'll bring it back to the team. Yeah. And we'll just say, look, if there's any money left over at the end, Will's made one yeah. special request. Yeah. And it's not nothing with him. It's just no. his environment that we need to update. He just doesn't feel like the apartment was adequately. Look, right. I was in the middle of moving. I don't want people to feel like I live like that. Yeah. 
You know what? That is a reasonable request. Yeah. <laughs> or at the very least, a time and date stamp yes. down the bottom so that people know. And maybe just a little thing that said, Will was in. Will would like to know that he was in the middle of moving. Well, at the end, we could put like the updates when we catch up to everyone. Oh. Uh, like, you know, Will Anderson has moved and his apartment no longer looks like that. Right. That's what. Yeah. I don't <laughs> yeah. even need me. Yeah. Just Will Anderson's apartment. Yeah. yeah it could be Mark Maron is now the biggest name in podcasting and he has his own series of television shows. Will Anderson's apartment now has this picture on the wall. All right. I'll tell you, it's your place, though. It, last time I was here, it's it's always like comfortable and like um, it's always homey, even though you don't even live here the entire time. You keep that kind of charm to it for sure. Now, did you finally, um, uh, like you, we were talking last time about your TV and you had to calibrate it. Was oh, yeah. that done? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So Dave Anthony did it for me. <laughs> Like Dave Anthony gave me a list of instructions. He went and talked to a guy, oh, like a guy great. who knew something. Of yeah. course, Dave knew a guy who yeah. knew something. Dave always knows a guy. And then Dave yeah. just sent me a list of idiot instructions, like oh, angrily, because that's, that's yeah. how he helps. <laughs> like he's a very helpful guy, but yeah. he helps in an angry way. Yeah, here's the instructions. They're going to be all in caps. Right, exactly. <laughs> you should know yeah. this. <laughs> But his anger that your TV doesn't work is bigger than his anger at you for not knowing how the TV works. It balances out. There's some mixed anger in there, the fact that I've lived with it for so long. He's angry at that as well. Hey, all right, let's talk about the thing. I want to talk at the start about uh, what we're here to talk about and then we can talk about a range of other things. But I just don't know how long this conversation will take. (laughs) It may take ages. So tell us what's going on. Uh, I am actually starting a a graphic novel Kickstarter and it's it's actually in this last third and it's about two-thirds. It only needs about... It's a 28,000. It only needs about less than 10 right now, which is good. Now, it's a graphic novel. It's one of those projects. You know how you have those projects that have been in and out of development forever with you know movies or tv shows animation houses and it's one of those creative things that just wouldn't let go and i'm like i gotta get this out there and i thought the best way to do it was a graphic novel uh-huh. so and the premise is you know when we were kids we would always read the um narnia books or oz and it was always a little kid or a bunch of kids that would go into this fantasy world save it from the evil witch and then come back to our world so it always was weird to me i thought well what happens when that kid is 30 has a dead-end job runs a comic book store he's kind of an asshole right and then he has to go back in that world again as an adult but now he just kind of makes things worse because he's a jerk. Yeah, so. right. <laughs> so that's the premise of the uh, the graphic novel. It's called Long Ago and Far Away. And uh, I hooked up with a great artist, actually through podcasting. Uh, I emailed a couple other podcasters and said, do you know anybody? And I found an artist and I emailed him. And go, I started explaining who I was. And then he just sends an email back and goes, I know who you are. I listen to the podcast. Oh, nice. All right. Well, that's good. So I'm like, oh, my God. Now I don't have to explain humor or jokes or how things work. So it's already, um, we were already, we got a running start, which was great. So we did a bunch of sample pages because I thought that was important. Like people can kind of download the beginning of the story to see if they like it. And you can get like the book digitally. We could, we could ship it out. And it was one of those things where I just, I had to get it done. It had to be out there. And people have been really responding great to it. Even other comic book uh, uh, artists and creators like Mark Wade endorsed it, uh, Mark Guggenheim, and I just got a retweet from Clive Barker, which was really cool. Is that <laughs> right? Support it. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I had to take a screen grab because I'm like, well, I just want to make sure this actually happened. Right. So, <laughs> so now I have it. I have evidence that uh, <laughs> Clive Barker retweeted my Yeah. You really want to check yeah, that yeah. it's actually Clive. <laughs> is it Clive Barker? Yeah. I, Clive Barker's real Twitter handle right. is Clive <laughs> underscore yeah. Barker with an yeah. A on the end, 69, yeah. right? And he only had four followers, which yeah. was weird. Yeah. yeah. But I'm glad he loved it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it, it's, it's one of those things where I've just been pushing. You know, with Kickstarters, it's literally, it's 30 days of constant work and it's right. been really good people have been buying the book and doing some cool rewards we put a couple comedy film nerds rewards and where you could see a movie with graham and i well essentially what you do with the kickstarter and this is the interesting thing about mm-hmm. it i think is you're essentially just doing the press tour for the you know, for yes. the project yeah. and pre- you're out there trying to sell yeah. the book to people it's a right? pre-sale it's pretty much a pre-sale yeah and, and promotion so uh, people can get like a They're taste like, of it. You get out there learn. and go, would you like to see this? Right. Like, is this a thing you would like? Do you want it to exist? Right. Because if so, <laughs> if, if if it was out, would you go and see it? Right. If it was exactly. out, would you buy this? If it was out, you know, would you be part yes. of this? Yes. Well, just yes. give us the money now. Right. And we can make that happen. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what they built their entire business model on that, for 
for sure, for sure. And uh, you know, you always think too, like, well, is there because um, we have a rep now with Kickstarter because we've done enough of them, and it's always fascinating this stuff you learn. Like you think, well, if I go in this one show or if this one celebrity retweets it, right. it'll instantly fund. That's not the case at all. <laughs> what happens is you push it and push it and push it on different shows, and you get people to retweet it and find out about it, and everything is an incremental increase. So right. until it gets finally into the ether enough that enough people have supported it, and then it's it's created. But you know, you always want. And we, we always fall into that trap in entertainment. Well, if I just get this one job, or if I just get this one thing, then everything will be okay. And then you talk to people that have been in it for many years that are um, very successful, and they're like. Nah, it doesn't work that way. You're still fighting constantly. <laughs> I mean, you know what? Talk to Clive Barker yeah, about exactly. it. Yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, you guys, he's a supporter of yours. Yeah. And he's had plenty of those issues over yep. his journey. And he's nothing yeah. but a successful guy. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's You, you hear it all the time. And it, it, it it's refreshing and frustrating at the same way. Because you think, well, doesn't it ever get a little easier? And of course it does. But um, you think, but also that struggle is what makes us artists. We want to always just kind of buck the tide and, and try to uh, do the impossible. Oh, yeah, I know. But I reckon I could find some things to struggle with if, you know, my salary went up a hundred times. Yeah, yeah, I'd just find some yeah. other issues. Right, exactly. I find it incredibly easy to find things to struggle with. I would find just new and more interesting things. Oh, it, it's, uh, it is very true. I'm thinking I'm working with the Kickstarter and then I thought, no, I just dropped my phone underneath my car seat and I'm thinking I'm going to have to call you through Bluetooth to let me in the building. Right. Because my, <laughs> my phone is stuck under my car <laughs> well that's the only time where i've understood why that might be handy right, right. like because i i don't talk to my phone like i mean right. i understand why you're in a car you put it on bluetooth yeah. so you uh-huh. don't like you know but i i don't know how to do that i don't have a car mm-hmm. and i i don't do siri or any of those things do you talk to your phone externally to that do you like no we, no, no okay. it's literally it's just bluetooth to connect the phone so i can uh call people and apparently lose it so now okay. i have a fail safe when i uh, drop the phone underneath my uh, car seat which i'm kind of think will happen again like i, th- I don't right. think this is like the first even the phone kind of looked at me like hey, don't get used to this this is gonna happen again <laughs> you're lucky you got it this time <laughs> right okay, and then i'm thinking in my head well next time it's going to get stuck in the mechanism and i'm going to move the seat up and it's going to crush it right <laughs> i mean that will happen <laughs> yeah at some i'm sure stage. it will <laughs> I mean, there's a new batch of phones coming out the next six months. They sell all self-destruct in some way. And they jump out of your pocket to make sure they get lost. Mine has stopped uh, recognizing my fingerprint, which is handy Uh for, you Mm. know, things that own the operator on your fingerprint. Like, it's just like, it's just like, nah. I was like, well, that just, that used to turn you on yesterday. Yeah. Doesn't turn you on anymore. No, it's a great feature. I, I love any feature that makes things harder. <laughs> right. Isn't that? Well, I mean, it, it, it seems like it makes things easier until right. the minute it stops right? and you realize, oh, I, I don't know what to do anymore. Yes. Like every Microsoft program ever. <laughs> Uh, all right. So uh, when did you come up with this idea? This is a cool idea because I, I, I am like you very much. Yeah, certainly in Narnia's like, but right. any anything about it. I, I was a very uh, like a fantasy driven. Yes. Like in my reading when I was a kid, yep. adventure books and fantasy books. But I read a lot. So, all the time. Yeah. All the time. That's that's all I would. I would always have my nose in one of these books. And as a kid, I was like, yeah, I'd, well, I, I, I want to go to Narnia. That'd be really fun. Right. Um, so this is one, it started out like, you know, as a screenplay and then it got in development here and there. And then, so I've been working on this probably for five, seven years, something like right. that. And this is like enough, enough. I have to, st- I have to, this has to be out in the world. And, you know, you get that chill sometimes when uh, um, it actually starts to um, come to life. Like when the artist started uh, turning in images and panels and stuff. And I did, I got that weird chill like, oh yeah, this is what it should look like. And this is how it should feel. And this is, it should be funny. And, and uh, I was like, yes, now I, this is exactly what I should be doing. And as I was writing it too, I'm sure as you write, you sometimes the stuff becomes so autobiographical without you knowing it. Uh-huh. Like um, as we're kids, we always have that childhood sense of wonder, but then as adults, we kind of get jaded and kind of lose that a little bit. So the story also became about how do you gain that back when you're an adult, like when right. you're losing that childhood sense of wonder and how you know there are endless possibilities. How how do you get that back and not be such a jaded adult? I mean, it, it, the <laughs> inter- the most interesting thing about this to me, in in some ways, is this like question that it's asked of like you know the thing about these stories when we read them as children is there is a, an element of and then they all lived happily ever yes. after uh-huh. 
And it sells us this idea, I think, which is also built into the capitalist com- consumer system. There yes. we go. He- hello, mm-hmm. Bernie Sanders right. fans, if you just tuned in. Uh, no, but which is this idea that the, if you achieve these things, right. then everything else in your life will forevermore yes. be great. It was what you were saying about, like, you know, struggling as an artist. Yes. The truth of it is that there is no magic thing where right. it's all levels of achievement, and some yes. of them mean that you kind of, you know, there's, there's a you fall less, you know, you can kind of mm-hmm. get to a certain level and you go, oh, if I'm here, then, you know, the fall's <laughs> a little less than it. But there's, you can never completely. And those stories don't give any of that. It's like, okay, well, right. you, this bit happened and this, right. so everything's mm-hmm. great from now mm-hmm. on. But it's mm-hmm. not. No. Like, and even that idea of like the best thing that ever happened in your life mm-hmm. being behind you. Right. Like at least for <laughs> yeah. us, yeah. you know, we know that like or we can aspire yeah. to the idea of yeah. going, well, maybe the best thing that I am going to do right. is still yet to come. But people like this right. or, you know, sports people or anyone who's achieved something very major, yeah. there's got to be that like realisation like a lot of the time that, you know what, maybe my major contribution <laughs> to my life and this planet, yeah. like I've peaked, I'm on the downhill. Yeah, yeah I, so, I saved the world at 13. Now right. what am I going to do? What do I do now yeah. for thrills? Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, you're Macaulay Culkin. Yeah. Right? <laughs> You know, yeah, he he drags his friends into the world with him that work at the comic book store, and one of them, you know, comments that you know, I we we're the only ones who have heard this story more than your therapist, right? Because you know, no one believes him, then they actually go back into the world. But I, there's a lot of pop culture Narnia jokes and stuff, and then uh, and I love uh, like there's we play Tell around me about with, that too. With, the, with the Narnia thing. Mm-hmm. You're not going to uh, fool us all into enjoying this, and then it'll be about Jesus. <laughs> I've got to ask. Uh, I just feel like I feel a moral <laughs> obligation to ask after how Narnia yes. went down. Is this all just about Jesus? Um, no, it's okay, right. <laughs> it, it's it's kind of like a frame of reference to explain. It could be any fantasy world. It's Oz, Fantasia, any of those. There's elves and witches, and you know, dragons and all that stuff. Um, there's no Jesus in the, okay. uh, in the world. <laughs> right. There is a lion who thinks he's Jesus. Other than that, no. Okay, all right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, that'd be fine. Yeah. I'd be fine with that. That's the <laughs> there is a schizophrenic yeah. lion. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's more like it's a play on mental yeah. health yeah. issues. I'm trying to examine that, to be honest. But. So, um, so it, it was a really fun thing to write, and it, it, it's interesting to go back and, like, uh, when, when you have to kind of update some of the pop culture jokes uh-huh. in there and what, what uh, was it what was in there that you had to update can you remember an example of something that would have i think there was one where it was a joke about uh um when the hulk gets mad and it, he gets bigger why doesn't his why don't his pants get bigger oh, yeah, why right. do the pants rip and get back uh-huh. but you know that joke's been done you know yeah. i did it 10 years ago but now mm. i can't leave it in now no. <laughs> so i think i changed it to uh <laughs> uh i think i changed it to um Oh, I know. I changed it to, um, hey, have you guys seen Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? It's gotten better. And uh, and one of the other characters goes, uh, yeah, keep telling yourself that. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> so. uh, see, that's a great joke. Yeah. <laughs> and because, you know what, it has got better. Yeah. But there is a still yeah. an element of, uh, am I just telling myself yeah. that? Because it's got better, but not enough better. Yeah, that you would want, you should yeah. be watching. But I am yeah. still watching it. Yeah. I'm gone on Gotham, though. Yeah. Okay. Oh, my gosh. I, I stuck that, I stuck Gotham out for the entire first season. And every episode, I was like, well, it'll get better in the next season. Yeah. And then it just went off the rails. So I'm like, I gave you guys a full network season. I can't do any more. Yeah, I just kept trying to go back. Like, I I definitely, I love The Flash. I think they do a great job with The Flash. I've really come to love Arrow. Like, yes. I think The Flash stuff's really helped uh-huh. Arrow, and I think Arrow's really great now. Yep. And they just know what they are. They're just yeah. fun, like, you know, superhero TV shows. Well, you know what's weird is they actually have comic book creators who have written these characters and stories working on the TV show. Right. So isn't that weird the way it works? So you might, guys may actually know these characters. That's right. so weird. They have we an understanding of... To actually write these characters. Yeah. But DC is still trying to figure out like, well, okay, this is TV Flash. Now we're going to do movie Flash. Right. And I'm like, well, really? Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and particularly because you've got this really good... TV Flash. Yeah, yeah. And then... Like, you know, this guy's great. Like, the kid who uh-huh. plays The Flash in that TV yeah, show... Yeah, Grant Gustin, like, he's fantastic. He's perfect yeah. for The Flash. Like, he mm-hmm. just... He, he, it's like one of those times where you're just like, well, you've just doing as yeah. good a job with this yeah, yeah, as yeah. anybody could be yeah. doing. You're, you're, this is good. you're done. Yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, mate. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you're done. Is, they can't, <laughs> you can't get it. You can't go anywhere. You did. You yeah. did it. You nailed it on the first try. I got to be honest uh, with yeah. you. Uh, your next big role will be playing your dad. Right. 
in the remake of this. Yeah. This is this is yeah. your prime time. And then when you finally get out of prison, you're going to leave. So. <laughs> <laughs> so, and they set it up beautifully. Like, you know, Arrow is batman and flash is superman yeah. it's like you know it's the dark kind of gotham and then metropolis where one's you know bright one's darker and but you know with, with the with the movies now with suicide squad like suicide squad was an arrow and we right. talked to mark guggenheim it's like well now there's some characters they pulled from us where we can't use them and and i asked him when we had him on the podcast was well, there like a marvel thing where you know where each character is on each show in the universe and Mark, he went boy wouldn't that be great right he, he said every character is like they have to have a conversation with DC and how to use it if they can or, or where. Um, but I mean, those conversations can't be being had in the right ways because I know, look, and here's, okay. Now, I, I knew at some stage we'd get onto this, but we've just got onto it now, so here it is. Uh, Batman versus Superman, uh, colon, Dawn of Justice. Now, I heard you have both conversations about this movie on your podcast. Yes. Uh, the first one where you were honest, and yes. then the second spoiler episode where you'd had some feedback about maybe that you'd been a little unfair, yes. and very respectfully, I thought yes. you were a little fairer. Yes. But those rules don't apply on my podcast. <laughs> it's not about being fair to, com- to your films and stuff like that. You don't have to apply those same standards. So let's talk about what a hot mess this movie was and why Zack Snyder obviously hates his dad. Yeah, now, I don't know. I don't know. That's the only I, thing I, I get out of I don't, it. I don't think that's fair. I think Zack Snyder hates everyone. Oh, yeah, think- but he hates Superman. <laughs> like the, the one thing I got out of that movie is that he hates Superman a lot more than Lex Luthor does. You know, I said this on our podcast, and uh, I think it applies. Do you remember in A Fish Called Wanda where the Kevin Kline character was like, well, you know, she, he got called an ape by Jamie Lee Curtis. And he uh-huh. goes, well, apes don't read philosophy. And Jamie Lee Curtis just says, yes, they do. They just don't understand it. <laughs> and this is Zack Snyder to a T. Right. He, he doesn't understand anything that he's read. He goes, well, I'm a comic book guy. Well, right. then you've understood nothing that you've been reading over the last, you know, how many years. So I think it's just a fundamental misunderstanding and an incapableness to actually convert and translate these characters to a big screen. It's not impossible. We had Guardians of the Galaxy translated properly. Right. Is that really harder than Superman or Batman where there's all these, you know, blueprints to actually go by? So it was a one of those things where you're like, wow, what a missed opportunity. And uh, I hated Man of Steel, too. I thought Man of Steel was awful. And this movie was just like, well, if you liked Man of Steel, you might kind of like this. I mean, even the apologists for this movie are like, well, it's not as bad. It's not that bad. No one's saying, it's great. You don't know what you're talking about. Right, because uh, it would be impossible to right, say that. Ex- because exactly. it's not. So, and and I, I, the fundamental problem with this film is that it doesn't understand these characters. Like, you know, you don't, need to, you don't need to darken up Superman. You know what? There's a million darker superheroes you could do to make a Punisher movie. If you really want a darker anti, there's a, make a Spawn movie. You know, don't, the whole point of Superman is that he's not dark. It's light. He's better. He's the, he's the culmination of human achievement. It's what we aspire to be is Superman. Right. And the idea is, I mean, this is the thing they miss completely about Superman is that the idea is that he's this super alien who, yes, could destroy all of the Earth. Yes. But luckily for us, mm-hmm. he was raised by two great humans. Exactly. Who wanted him to use... And the, the idea was always that, like, you know, that you're going to use your powers for... Yes. For good, for humanity. You're here for a reason. Because otherwise, that he could just be like, you know, he could be LeBron. Wow. He could be Steph Curry <laughs> and like you know he could he essentially Mar and Pa Kent could be uh you know Serena Williams's you know parents <laughs> like and they could have just got him got him Superman a tennis racket and he could have dominated every sport. Yeah. He could win everything at the Olympics. Absolutely. And they could have a lot of fur coats and not live in Kansas anymore. Like, I mean, even if he was lazy, he could run around the earth and turn back time and get lottery numbers. Exactly. Just do it once. I mean, once and then (laughs) just take the rest of the time off. Like, I mean, there are so many things they could do if it was all about the money. I mean, Vegas. I mean, Vegas alone would be a steal. I mean, if that's what you're about. So why did they keep giving him such terrible life lessons in these movies that are nothing like... It's absolutely... It makes no fascinating. Sense. It's absolutely fascinating. And even when you go back to the source material, can we do spoilers? Do you think everyone has seen uh, the movie I yet? mean, yeah. I, 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 oh, yes. Look, here's the thing. If you okay. haven't, uh-huh. <laughs> uh, then look, you know, I trust people that right. when we start talking about this, <laughs> yes. they know to turn it off if they okay. haven't seen it. But I- also the other thing is, this look, it's a terrible film. Yes. And hearing these things and at least being able to laugh at these moments when you right. do indeed see the film mm-hmm. will only make your... In, uh, it's one of those things where... 
this will make it better. Right. <laughs> Sometimes I li- like, you know, when something is shitty, right. Like I don't mind, I'll, I'll listen to all those because then you at least right. laugh when that thing happens right. <laughs> and you're like, I'm not the only person. And if you, um, this is a spoiler for the end, uh, Superman dies yeah. and nobody cares. Nobody, nobody cares. Nobody cares. Have you and, noticed how there hasn't even been an article about it no, or, no. or any like thing of like, Oh, people, is, no one even cares that no. it's been spoiled. No, no. No and, one has cared enough to spoil it. <laughs> <laughs> and no one cares that it's being spoiled. And there's two reasons for that. One of them is that um, they're making a Justice League movie. Everyone knows he's going to come back. That's clearly it's right. like this is this is the worst red herring ever to actually you know have Superman die at the end. The other thing is that because you've built up no goodwill towards this character after two movies, uh, and, and not only with the audience but also with all the other characters populating this ridiculous world that you've made. So now the death of Superman is a meaningless event in this world because, well, we were scared of him anyway. So it, does, it doesn't matter. Now, I, I don't think that's fair. I think all the other people whose mother's names are Martha will also <laughs> really feel it. Because that the thing we know about Martha mums is they have a special that special it's a bond. bond. It's a bond. And, it's a bond uh, above yeah. everything else. Yeah. Thank God, Superman's mother's name wasn't Marsha. Ma- hang, was oh, hang on, did you say Marsha yeah, yeah, or Martha? Marcia, Martha uh, what? What is it? Yeah. Marta? Did yeah. you say Marta? <laughs> Uh, Mart, Mar- the Maltese okay, Falcon. Okay. Hang, what on, is it Ma- <laughs> hang on, is it Marsha with an S or Marsha with a C I? <laughs> this is very oh important. My God, <laughs> so like we're just also by the way, laughing. world's greatest detective uh, who knew the identity of Superman hadn't come across her first name. No, no, at any stage. You know, it wasn't in the file. <laughs> Apparently, it wasn't in the file. In all the extensive research yeah, that Alfred yeah. was having a big drinking day that day, because <laughs> that's apparently all he does. These days, he oh, just drinks alone, and the, and and a mechanic. That's that's his job now. Mechanic. Right. You know, forget all the parts about. Alfred I mean, the one being thing we know is your father of Batman. No, and, no forget that's gone. Now that's he's gone. a drunk mechanic, right? <laughs> who hates who hates Bruce yeah. Wayne? Yeah. Who apparently, just by the way, lives in a glass house because that's what Batman wants to do. Yes. Yeah. You want to. You may want to make sure hey. if you if you find the Wayne Manor, you can yeah. well, you can see into it. Oh yeah. Well, I care so little about it that uh, we've let the grass grow really yeah. long over there. But here, I live in a place where the windows have to be cleaned every two hours. No wonder Alfred hates me. Yeah. He's been cleaning windows every day. He's like, you have a secret identity. You have a cave. Why are you? living in a glass house <laughs> and why do you have the curtains open in the middle of the day i mean come on this is he does night work yeah what, like what, you've got block blackout blinds and come on no wonder you're grumpy yeah no wonder you're branding people you're not sleeping properly yeah. you're making bad choices and and this is how we want to make sure you know batman is older um gray hair on the temples oh. that's how we know he's, he's older for sure um Although you're not sure how old are you supposed to be when either um, Bruce Wayne or Clark Kent, one of them called each, uh, the other one's son. Well, you better right. step back, son. I'm like, wait, how how old are you pretending the age difference is between you two actors? Also, yeah. isn't yeah. is one of them like <laughs> from some other planet? So who knows how old yeah. he is? True. He could be like a Wolverine human. thing. Where, uh, I don't know how many, you, know, <laughs> you don't know how old he is. Uh, Krypton years work. Yeah. <laughs> like, is it do- like dog years? Yeah. Or like... I mean, he's probably, years. He's probably going to live forever, yeah. right? Although yeah. he dies at the end, so yeah, spoilers. Yeah. So, nope, spoiler spoilers. Again. <laughs> yeah. Don't worry, there was dirt that vibrated on his coffin, so you uh. know, you know. And this is the first movie I've ever seen that had movie trailers embedded in the middle of the film. This oh. was, uh, oh my gosh. My, like, some, of my, some of my favorite bits of the movie. Yes. Like, particularly the bit where like, we've got to believe that Lex Luthor... Oh, by the way, what was Lex Luthor's plan? I will give you a hundred dollars for your Kickstarter <laughs> if you could explain to me right now what Lex Luthor's plan was. Look, Lex Luthor's plan was to, um, through intimidation and um, possibly extortion with Batman and Superman, to uh, raise enough money to go to a therapist to get rid of his stutter. Right. I think that was it. I think that was it. Was all about the stutter, yeah. right? Like <laughs> the fuck. Like even by movie standards, you were right. like. None of this needs that. Hang yeah. on, did Batman just have a fight yeah. <laughs> with people you hired yeah. to 
you would protect. Hang on, didn't you want him to have that? What is going yeah. on? Oh, and the and what is, is the all... purpose of this? Yeah, and all... why have you invented a thing that's going to destroy everybody anyway? Yeah, wh- why are you bothering? What is? And uh, so the what whole of this thing is unnecessary. And the, the fight between Batman and Superman was like a misunderstanding. So the whole crux of the movie was a Three's Company episode. Oh, so pretty much. Oh, you meant wait? Are you? Did you think? Oh no, I did. I, oh, right. Yeah. And, and apparently, a guy who has super speed never has time to explain anything. No, no. Like, have you noticed that? <laughs> like, he, yeah. he walks. Slowly, into, like when you think, I mean, what a missed moment. Because here's the thing I do think about Superman. So a couple of things that are really, they miss, like is, is firstly that running gag they have um, about the, he hasn't filed the sports report in the newspaper. Here's what Superman would have done. Mm-hmm. Quickly filed the sports report. Right, exactly. Superman, you get that shit down. You can't have <laughs> yeah. a running joke about right. something that Superman <laughs> hasn't bothered to do, right? right? Secondly, Superman is a journalist. Like Clark Kent is a journalist, yes. right? Uh-huh. And so... He would love nothing more than having an opportunity to answer questions. And so there's that moment where, again, Lex Luthor, like for no reason other than a callback to a bottle of piss. Right. uh, (laughs) Blows up some people who it turns out aren't necessary to the plot either. And if you look at Superman 2, you're like, oh, well, he can't. Oh, he forgot to scan for bombs, of course. Super hearing, uh, x-ray vision. He clearly would have missed that bomb. Well, he was distracted by walking slowly. (laughs) Yeah. And looking at the the bottle of piss. And having nothing to say. Yeah. And And no explanations for anything. And by the way, just if you do have a problematic relationship with a superhero, just don't put the remembrance shine with the names of the dead right next to the giant imposing uh, statue of that person. I just feel like that's just two separate locations are probably best for that. You know, but either side of the city, I think, would work. You know what I mean? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, What I I love, too, is that uh, you have... You know, um, all these secondary characters that are actually very prevalent in the comics and the mythology, like uh, Jimmy Olsen. Oh, yeah. Uh, executed at the beginning of the film. Hey, here's yeah. an idea. Don't put him in the movie. Yeah. You don't need him. If the movie's too crowded, you don't need to execute him at the beginning. Just don't have him in it. It's I mean, fine. it just shows how much that he hates. Right. Like, the, the, everybody. The characters in the mythology. He's just like, yeah. we're just going to yeah. kill Jimmy Olsen for yeah. shits and gigs. And then... Uh, While, who, maybe just for still using film... <laughs> like there was isn't there filming like one of the cameras i'm like what what era is this movie setting and, and hang on why are they over here to set up this ludicrous plot that somehow superman as long as they, what they didn't already have enough you know like if you're if you have a problematic relationship with like the damage that superman did to the city right. i understand that right yeah i get that um but so do you don't need extra evidence no, no, like no. of some people being killed by guns no. in the desert I mean, that's not even his MO, you know? Well, it was. If the gun does not fit, you must acquit. (laughs) It's another scene that we call throwing the spear away. Right. It's a. Oh, I mean, the spear. When you have. have, Well, this movie really needs another 20 minutes. So why don't we have a character throw something away that they need and then have trouble getting it back? I mean, firstly, why a spear? (laughs) That's the first question that needs to be asked. Why a spear? That makes no sense. You've already got the spray. Why a spear? Like, no, no one's using spears still. Like, it makes no sense. The spear is not the number one weapon of choice. If you're going, okay, what, you know, what do we do? What do we put it in? Yeah, the spray can. That's handy, yep. right? Yep. A, 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 perhaps a dart gun. Right. Or, you know, something or even injectable. like a knife or a yeah, dagger anything? or like, yeah. a, you know, yeah, anything. Like yeah. a bullet. Like, there's right. plenty of things. <laughs> Secondly, like, if you're Superman and, like, you have to throw that spear at something. I mean, why don't you throw it? Yeah. Rather than fly with the thing that is... Anyway, whatever. So, and then if your Superman's girlfriend is meant to be this really smart crack reporter, right. why would you grab that spear and then throw it just in some water nearby? I mean, I was really hoping they would have ADR dialogue for her going, well, I won't need this again. And then just have her throw it there. Right, <laughs> but also radiant. just in some water where some kids could get right. at it. Like, no, is not it even... radioactive or something? Like, yeah. Oh, oh dear! Right, dear, it's a dear. deadly. Sp- it's yeah. the one thing that can kill her super boyfriend. Yes, <laughs> she's like, I'll just leave this over here. Right, yeah, that'll yeah. be fine. Like, I'm sure no one will find it. Nobody here. will. And. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> I put it in yeah. a shallow bit of water. And the other thing was too, like even the the other characters that uh, Zack Snyder killed, like uh, 
uh, Mercy was, you know, Lex Luthor's confidant, bodyguard, and you know, I'm like, oh, that's that's kind of cool. We're gonna see something cool you know, looking with character. Yeah, and then uh, and then nope was in the uh, bomb. But also <laughs> was, was a person expression. like yeah. in the in the moral logic of the film yes. at least was yes. the only person that Lex could really trust. Right. That was and it's so it's, what he killed her for no <laughs> yes, reason no. in that scene that happened no. for no reason just because yeah. he pissed in a jar. It's like Picard killing Riker. I mean, it <laughs> makes no. Sense. No, it doesn't. No, it no. doesn't. Oh, yeah, but like you said, the cross promotion. Sorry, we yeah. like, we moved on. But oh, yeah, the, the cross promotion. Lex Luthor had not only managed to identify who everybody is, but created a logo a for logo. everyone. <laughs> a logo and a name. Yeah, branding. It yeah. had an advertising agency in. I mean, he's splashing around money. Oh Two million dollars. They did some focus groups. Well, I, I think everyone in the movie had <laughs> access to a graphic artist because even the the people stuck on their roofs, the, the way they drew the Superman symbol was perfect. Yeah, so, <laughs> it was perfectly aligned, and there was no like spray paint <laughs> drips or anything. It was perfect. Uh, so I, I think like when you look at uh, Zack Snyder's other movie, he got very lucky with Three Hundred. And one of the reasons is because 300 is a very thin book. Right. And it's a very specific book. It's about, you know, the 300 Spartans who held the pass. uh, And uh, there's nothing else to it. So Zack Snyder, all right, well, I'm going to make this very thin story, a very visually arresting piece of uh, filmmaking. Fine. I liked 300. I thought it was great. Yeah, I liked 300. Then you get Watchmen where it's like, okay, well, this is a little more um, broad and large and larger in scope. But there are still... Every single storyboard is here where it's one still self-contained story. But then now you have Batman versus Superman, these iconic characters, all these storylines. It's like a kid in a candy store who doesn't understand candy. Right. So, <laughs> so he had no idea how to put it together, why, or so there's no there's no logical motivation in the entire film for anyone. I don't think he has any idea how to make a an entire film. And I think no. that like speaks to what you've just said is like if he's got one idea that right. he can flesh out, but this had so many ideas right. and he didn't get any of them right. No. <laughs> because all of the ingredients are fine. Like yeah. I get the world that you've created. Like right. after after Man of Steel. Yes. Like by the way, some of my the more hilarious moments of the movie are how they have completely misunderstood the lesson from the first one. Because yeah. like, there was hope for yeah. me because I hated Man of Steel, but I thought, right. you know what? If they take that idea, because the thing that they got wrong about Superman in the first one is Superman's greatest quandary is he wants to protect humans, right? Yes. So like if you want like in a battle or whatever to put Superman, because like, you know, Kryptonite gets boring after a while, the only right. way to defeat him. It's not the only way to defeat him. The best way to defeat him is to make him make a choice between saving a human life and like, you know, protecting the, you know, being in the battle or those sort of things or like put him in a position where he has to choose between two groups of so, people so wait but, are you saying that um the lead character in a film should have to make a choice uh, <laughs> towards the end of it you mean the structure of every screenplay <laughs> that is a good idea <laughs> uh, and yet somehow never happened in either right. of those films <laughs> So but, if, but if you hit but, on it perfectly, that's like so compelling. You know, you have a super, uh, super powered being, but also okay. Well, then how do you defeat him, or how does it? How do we make this compelling? Where with all his powers, he's still going to lose something. Right. There's still a choice that he has to make, and that that it, in and of itself is where the film lies. Right, and then I I can if you had that first film and you want to you know fast forward to the second film, mm-hmm. like. You could have the idea that Batman had this, okay, well, if we have this like super alien here on Earth, then, you know, maybe we should, you know, investigate how to stop this super alien. Right. I think that's okay. You Mm -hmm. you could probably do that and set that up in some sort of way. Like Batman has contingency plans for all the other super beings. That's that's him being Batman. Get that. Yeah, that's just Mm -hmm. Batman. Yeah. You know know what, guys? It's just Batman being Batman. Yeah, he's always going to have kryptonite. You know, it's on a spear. He's just going to have something. He's going to have some kryptonite. Did he bring his kryptonite spear yeah. again? Yeah. He brought it. He said, oh, just in case. Yeah, yeah. Oh, when are you going to trust me? I trust you, but I just, you know what? Yeah, it's, it's, you in know a, what? it's in a lead pouch. It's just Batman, baby. <laughs> just let him bring his spear. Yeah, <laughs> you know what? Like we always, it always is a fuss and he always brings it anyway. Yeah. So like, let's just. Quit making a big deal. Let's just not, you know what? He'll bring the spear. He's going to bring the spear and let's just not make a big deal about the spear this year. So uh, yeah, I know I get that. And I, but there's, it's then it's just so dumb like i mean that's the problem yeah, like yeah. you know there can be something mm-hmm. there and you can portray a batman like right. i thought that uh ben affleck didn't do a, a bad job as batman i i 
Here's the one thing I, I don't think that he did do quite as good a job as, mm-hmm. as I would have liked to have seen is the Batman that is presented to us, the right. one who is so off the rails, the Batman right. who has been Batman too long. Right. You know, you know, he's branding people. And never uses a gun unless it's on a vehicle. Right. That Yeah. There's this new Batman in <laughs> yes. town who loves to murder. Yes. And he will murder with whatever he has available to murder somebody, whether it be guns, cars, yeah. comical murders. He loves to murder. Sometimes he murders by proxy, by yeah. putting a brand on you and then sending you to prison where you get murdered because he loves to murder because the one thing we know Batman's all about is murder he remembered when he saw his parents murdered and what that reminded him of is he wanted to murder people he wanted to murder constantly that's why they showed us the scene again we all missed the point we're like no no we missed the point it's about murder because he loves to murder people Murder Man. That was yes, the original yeah, exactly. note. Exactly. Murder Man Bat. Yeah. Murder, 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 man. Yeah. A lot of murder. I, I will say if I... For if a I, guy who's mur- pretty judgy about Superman's yeah, murders. Yeah, it's like... <laughs> I'm like, you know what? Take a look in the fucking yeah, mirror, yeah, Bat. Su- yeah. Superman doesn't have uh, guns on his car. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, Superman at least was trying to help yeah. people and ran into a building. Yeah. He literally just <laughs> threw your car at a man. <laughs> And I, I will say, if I could say something positive about yep. the film, is that I thought Ben Affleck understood the character of Batman more than anyone else involved in the film. Right. Because uh, you could see he was trying to do that like that inner torment, that world weariness, and, uh, you know, then he was probably just getting stupid direction all the time. Like, no, do this. And he was probably, like, rolling his eyes. Well, now, they've, they've given him the... They've given him the chance to make his own. Yeah. And I'm actually excited about this. I really think that... Uh, uh, a Ben Affleck movie that's like the town, but with Batman in it could right. be really cool. Yeah, I like, reckon. Like a uh, just kind of like a, a dark noir detective crime story with him in it, where uh, um, you know, I, I, I'm again, it's not like I'm ready to hate these movies when they come out. No. I, I am more than happy to give it the benefit of the doubt. Well, and, this is the thing I say to people: I said I'm going anyway. Yes, exactly. They already have my money, right? <laughs> uh, you know, I'm going to see Civil War on the weekend, whether oh, yeah. it's good or not, and I hear it's good, and yeah. that excites me more than yeah. you're hearing something's bad. And, and that's also when you see like this giant plummet into the box office, like it dropped like 70-80% after the first weekend is because no one's going to see it again. You know, that's it. Like, I'm, I'm done. And then uh, then other people are like, oh, it's that bad? I'll just wait on video on demand or whatever. Right. And I, yeah, I'd love if they made a Batman story. Now, they may not make this sort of Batman story, but I love, I would love if they went, okay, well, everyone gets, you know, we all know what Batman is. Yes. And then just make a story that has Batman in it. Right. You know, and like it would be just one of those things of just like, you know, make a, you know, an action movie, mm-hmm. you know, like an action drama, you know, movie movie. Right. A, with Batman in it. Well, what's fascinating. Not everyone has to have like all the things we know about Batman. You don't have to get no, the Joker no. in there. You don't have to blah, blah, blah. You don't have to like, you know, you could just right. do a Batman movie. Well, one of the uh, one of the things that they're doing over at DC is the animated films are actually really right. interesting and good. And one of the things they did, they did a um, a Suicide Squad movie. Yeah. And Batman was a supporting character in it. You only saw him in a couple of scenes, which right. was really cool. So uh, you have like this other story, and you're like, you know, we know Batman's in Gotham, but what would happen if he's just not part of the story? Right. And I thought that was really cool. And I think. Uh, exploring more stories like that would be really interesting and, uh, and and cool. And it's weird how, like, the DC animated movies are getting it far better than the live-action ones, so maybe you should just let those guys maybe write some of them, like right. the Flashpoint Paradox. But that's really also something that the television shows are good at, is, like, creating those worlds where all those characters exist and yeah. some of them come back more regularly than others. Yes, absolutely. But they don't all have to be there right, at right. the same time, yeah. all the time. Yeah, it's not... There doesn't have to always be an extended universe where you have to uh, and it's always fun too to see like a cameo but you don't want them to overstay their welcome you know the other characters we want to focus on what the show or the movie is about like you know another thing about batman versus superman it was the only reason wonder woman was in it is to you know promote justice league in the next couple moves there's no story reason why she was in that film at all zero like i mean it's it's essentially like she's like she basically, and again, like, I mean, I know I love those Nolan films, but to essentially have a scene that is so reminiscent of that same scene that Bruce Wayne and like Catwoman have, uh, you know, the Selena Kyle character have in that, in that movie, I was like, but nowhere near as clever or as poetic right. or as fun or any <laughs> yeah, of those sort yeah. of things. I was like, well, just have a different scene. Yeah. Yeah. But then the fact that she was like her, her big plan in the movie was to steal 
a um uh she she had to steal a um uh photo that right. proved that she was older than she was yes in the day and age we live in now <laughs> where you cannot trust any photo on the internet yes and the fact that she was trying to steal a physical photo because clearly no one had scanned it in yet a copy of like <laughs> yeah. or just, just taking a photo of that photo on right. their phone or like made a print like a photocopy yeah. of that oh my god i it's... mean that was the plot like i've seen shit on the internet I've seen the Simpsons characters do things to the South Park characters right. <laughs> that I cannot describe, even on a podcast that has an explicit label on it. Like, who is stealing a fucking photo? Do you know what I mean? Like, that, that, that you couldn't deny. Yeah. I've seen photos on the internet that prove that Keanu Reeves is a time traveler, as far as that photo on the internet is of concerned. Course, yeah. Maybe, I'm sure there's a photo that proves that Keanu Reeves is Wonder Woman. Right. At some point. <laughs> right. You know, I'm sure it exists. I mean, somewhere. such a flimsy, horrible. I mean, I thought she was okay. Like, I thought she did a good enough job in for what she had. Yeah. But. You know, it's funny, too. It, it's like when you have such a horrible director like Zack Snyder, he could make the best actor look like an incompetent buffoon like you you have like the lex luther character Zack snyder was only interested in one thing with the lex luther character and that was to finally show how he became bald right that was like his like how are we going to get him bald right uh and because i thought the premise that of his character powerful was powerful moment at the yes. end that nobody was waiting no, for. like oh wait are you talking about dark side is he coming next is this is the next justice league movie okay great yeah he's i coming. gave a shit when uh <laughs> professor x uh, oh. when <laughs> like, you know what I mean it's essentially the same scene yeah and I'll is. tell you what I gave a shit yeah in those X-Men right. films so take a look because he earned it he yeah. earned it <laughs> he earned it that's right I, I gave a shit about yeah. his hair and I really think too again it was like oh gosh okay good idea horribly executed but it was a pl- but even to just jokingly refer to those X-Men films there was a reason there's literally a reason yes. in those movies uh-huh. whereas like, you don't actually have to cut your hair to go to prison no, anymore. No, no. That's there's not no. a thing that happens. No, unless, you know, you're in that uh, space station where there's aliens and you have a lice problem. Right. Then everyone gets their head shaved. Maybe that's what it was. Yeah. That was, <laughs> Maybe it, that's was where lice? they sent them. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that lice got, and aliens. That was in the three and a half hour version. <laughs> yes. There was a lot of focus on the The lice, they actually look fantastic. Right. He does great lice. <laughs> Because you look at two, like, let's say we were going to modernize the character of Lex Luthor uh-huh. um, and we were going to make him younger and all those things. Yes. I, I buy the fact that he was like some tech billionaire sure. that has all this power and is greedy and has, I mean, has so- it, sociopathic to psychopathic tendencies. But that as a character, there is nothing wrong with that because you could make a, an argument. And this was like one of my problems with the most recent Terminator film mm-hmm. was this idea of. The Skynet in that film, or whatever it was, whatever right. the yeah the I can't even remember what it was called now. That's how much impact it had on me. But it was the name of the Terminator film. Genesis. Genesis. So yes. Genesis, which was right. yeah, which is Skynet. But the truth right. of it is that you could make that about Facebook now and talk about the you know implications that being yes. on Facebook and you know information and, and all these sort of be, things. Wouldn't that be interesting? Right. Or compelling and in, a, in the cinema. And the truth <laughs> of it is that the people who have this sort of money, the apples of the world, and the you know, the people who can say no to the government right. accessing information and yeah. genuinely have control of our information and can right. run experiments on their computers that manipulate mm-hmm. our moods. And, you know, these are the people that if someone like, you know, you've got people like Larry Page and people like this, like, uh, you know, coming up with the you know, drones and having armies of like robots to, do, to right. deliver things and stuff. But the truth of it is, if one of those people were to, you know, create all that same stuff and want to then, you know, use it to take over the world or manipulate right. the world or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's a very true to life, full of themes that we could all relate to. Uh, you know, you could incorporate yes. you know, that very easily into a story. Lex and it Luther, almost seemed it, like that's what they were doing at the start. Because <laughs> also, luckily Luther, enough, he should you've be got the, the guy yeah. who played the, the Facebook guy yes, exactly. in your movie. Yeah. So yeah. it would seem like you could easily quite, you could. I saw, you know, it, the roots of it were there. That was so funny. And then a crap plant grew. It was like, we've walked you all the way. Yeah, exactly. You can lead Zack Snyder to a plot line, but you cannot make him actually follow it. Yeah. It's so true because all those things were there. Like, wouldn't that have been interesting where Lex Luthor is really fighting against the government and he's winning because he controls all this information and money and all these things. And then all of a sudden you realize, well, the government is just kind of pawns of these large corporations and CEOs and they could do whatever they want. Right. 
Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's there. Yeah. It's very much of our times. And if you really wanted to incorporate these things, you know, it's a great kind of story about, well, who is the biggest right. threat and to I, humanity? And is, I, it a, is it the alien, <laughs> yes, the super yes. alien that people should be worried about? Or is it actually the people who control the banks and our information and stuff right. here on Earth are the people that we should be worried yes. about? Which, and, I, and I need your permission to import my kryptonite. Right. <laughs> uh, oh, you know what? You said no? Okay, well, I'm going to do it anyway. Because it yeah. turns out that wasn't an impediment at all. So uh, at I don't all. Even, I'm sorry I brought it up. Sorry, I'm building <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a super alien yeah. from instructions I'm guessing at, I think. Um, from the Weekend at Bernie's manual? I guess I probably had a dream because that's what a third of this film is. It's probably just a dream of mine you didn't see. We all yeah. had a group dream at some stage. Sure. Uh, and my favorite thing is uh, also Zack Snyder doesn't know the difference between the words dream and vision. So uh, oh, you have to, you don't anyway. <laughs> like, cause yeah, you can't, like, I mean, this is my problem with dream sequences is like, you can't have a dream that advances the plot forward. Like, so, like that right. doesn't work. Like, you, and like all these ones where they start talking to people and getting vital plot information in like they, when they're not visions. Right. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> they're not like, you know, this person's having a vision right. suddenly can yeah. see into the future or whatever. Oh, now, but now a monster's coming out of my parents' grave. Okay. Right. Is that a bit? No, is that's that a probably bit? a dream. That's yeah. probably a dream. But uh, now that I'm uh, being lifted up by bats in a Christ pose, is that vision? I don't know. Which is that? Is that vision or dream? I mean, because at some stage, <laughs> I think the world's greatest detective's logic that he has to kill Superman is that he had a bad dream, right? right? Of course. I think that's, that's the major... Makes us all cranky, Will. It's and then, a... <laughs> I had a bad dream. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, because that's really what it is. At no stage, the world's greatest detective ever thinks, you know what? Those super aliens came down uh, before, and this alien protected us from those super aliens. So maybe there'll be some other super aliens at some stage. Maybe it's better to kind of have at least one <laughs> super alien on our side. On our side. And yeah. And kind yeah. of, maybe it's better just to kind of, you know, for this to be a like I'll come up with a plan to take him yeah. down if shit goes down, but probably let's start with again. That would have been an interesting conversation, right? Because I think also I was rolling my eyes not just at the motivations, but every single time they tried to philosophize and and make it like uh, metaphorical and also um, like to reflect our times, it failed every single time on every every single level because it was like. It goes back to a fish called Wanda. If an ape was doing philosophy, <laughs> like like it like there's no insight to anything you just said, and there's nothing new, and there's nothing interesting, and you're you're creating these arguments that don't exist, and you can't back up, and they're also not compelling. So you know, just maybe you should take this philosophy out because it's not working. Right. Also, um, you know, enough with the Jesus shit. We get it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I, you know what? Also, uh, Mary and Joseph. I don't believe. Uh, hated humanity and would suddenly because that's essentially what you've done with Mar and Pa Ken. You'd yes. be essentially if you do the Jesus story and Mary Joseph are just kind of like fucking humans, fuck humans, yeah. Jesus. I wouldn't save them. What do you I doing? wouldn't. You know what? Yeah, we can do something with this walking on water. We yeah. can showbiz. And it's one of those. Um essential building blocks of the Superman DNA where he had human parents that gave him a beautiful moral compass. Right. And then like, yeah. Because otherwise he could be like any other alien who's coming here. Like right. he wants to dominate and take over everything. Yeah. yeah. And it's, he was raised by humans. Yes. And good humans. Good humans. Yeah. yeah. Not humans who at any drop of the hat would appear to him to say, fuck everyone yeah. else. Yeah. Don't bother. You know, you don't, you don't Oh, by the anything. way, this is a vision or a dream. Yeah. But I'm still saying <laughs> fuck humans. I'm back yeah. in some, unlikely location yeah. for me to be yeah. your father from a farm <laughs> I live here in an imaginary Iceland or wherever we are that you're walking to Superman and make sure Superman I'm your father so don't save me when I'm about to when you could do it without anyone watching right. seeing so make sure that happens too so I can die right in front of you because that won't affect you here are my all. last words fuck everyone else. <laughs> if I'm going to die I'm going to take everyone with me <laughs> yeah uh, it's quite yeah um, At yeah. some point, we're going to have to begin the healing after this film. I mean, you know what? Like, I, I, I didn't expect it was going to be good, um, but it, it, it surprised me in how terrible it consistently yeah. was throughout it. Yes. That was the thing about it that I was like, I did this. It just doesn't. There are just so many bits of it that just make no sense. Well, like, now if you were no, like, well, that's what I was going to say about the lesson they learned from the people killed in the first one yeah. was there's this, there's like a little run for about right. two or three minutes where they constantly. 
like reference things like, oh, they're on this abandoned island where there's nobody around. <laughs> or that at one stage they're fighting in the city and they're like, right. lucky it's after 9 p.m. Yeah. and everybody has gone home. home. Yeah. I was like, yeah. from what city? <laughs> from which city did everyone? Yeah, exactly. Oh, hang on, guys. It's 8.45. Better get out of the metropolis. <laughs> I know. Everyone's stopped at nine. And now if a marketing person for the film is listening to this podcast, they're going to put on the movie poster, consistent Will Anderson. <laughs> <laughs> so. uh yeah but yeah but maybe the affleck batman thing will be okay I, i'm you know what's so weird even after this movie i'm excited about it because I, I i know that he gets it and he gets the character and i think he could make a really interesting um film now i'm still excited over suicide squad i think that could still be good did uh, it not worry you that they've uh gone back and do, done major reshoots to add, add in some more fun Yes, that, of course, has worried me, but I, I, I'm still going to give it because the benefit we, of the because doubt. Because we know that things always get better after extensive reshoots to add fun, don't they? Exactly. I it's mean, like, why would they have extensive reshoots to add fun unless they were indeed adding fun? <laughs> and especially, too, if you have a really dark-toned movie, you're like, oh, well, you know what will help? If every 10 minutes there's a joke that doesn't belong. Yeah. I mean, it, you know what's good for like a, a movie that should have a consistent tone? An inconsistent tone. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I don't know. I am um, I, I love those characters, so I, I'm I'm holding out hope that it'll still be good, for sure. Uh, but I'm really excited about the Marvel ones, though. I'm excited about Civil War. I'm excited about. Um, I think Strange. Civil War is kind of a little bit what we were talking about, which is we're going to get to see like Captain America, and we're going to get to see Iron Man, right? And we're going to get to see some of the others, yes, but we're not going to get to see all the others. And there's some no. like you know kind of more you know minor characters will have bigger you know time and that sort of stuff. Right. And I want to see more of that. Just yeah. like not everyone yeah. has to be in everything. No, no, they don't. They don't. And we don't have to introduce five new characters every movie. No, no, either. we've got enough now. Yeah. <laughs> they can all just do different things with different people. You can slow down. Yeah. yeah I'd like to see a few more crossovers. Like right. this idea that the Captain America movies aren't really Captain America movies anymore. They're, you know, they're kind of mini Avengers. Mini Avengers, yeah, because you have so many people. But in, in a yeah. good way. Right. Like, mm-hmm. you know, in a kind of more manageable way. Right. Like, like I, it's, it's like going to a good party. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's like one of those parties where there's like a few celebrities yeah, around but it's yeah. not like a big celebrity right. event where you can't get to the bar and you can never yeah. have a drink like you can actually catch up yeah. with Iron Man and, and I'll tell you I loved Winter Soldier I thought that movie was fantastic yeah I thought it was the best of the I reckon it was the best one uh, oh, I liked Iron Man 3 a lot that but was that was one. just that was the Shane Black one and yeah. I just enjoyed his movies but um but yeah, I reckon that was probably the the best of, uh, and this one looks like it's. I'm very excited about. Yeah. it. I, I think it's going to be good. So there you go. All Me right. Too. Well, we we nearly. Uh, well, we're not. You know, we're not quite done. But I'd like to, you know, say that we're about to, you know, finish <laughs> up. So you know, then we can, you know, start to do that. Um. So tell me what else is going on in your world. You've obviously got this Kickstarter. Yes. Oh, tell people just officially you know where to go how Absolutely. they find it you know all those sort of things it's uh, you can go to kickstarter.com and type in long ago and far away and it will come up and there are uh, about 12 days you know it's weird i know it's not a live show but i'm checking the counter right so <laughs> no, well yeah. yes i mean i am going to try to put this up today though so um, um there's 12 days left okay. so and it's it's really close it's less than 10k away and it's going to be at least 140 pages. But that's how you find it. You just go to kickstarter.com and type in long ago and far away. But the one thing I want you guys to know, too, is uh, check it out. I, I put a whole preview together. You can check it out to see if there's something you would dig. All right. Awesome. And uh, what else is going on in your world? LA Podcast Festival is back. LA Podcast. Yes. And uh, did you get your official invite yet? Uh, yeah, yeah, we did. Thank you. Yes, <laughs> Excellent. We- I was. It was for a minute. It looked like it was going to be good. I where I was looking at my TV schedule, and it looked mm-hmm. like I might actually be able to come over properly. But it looks like I'll be doing another fly in, fly out. So, <laughs> but that's all right. That's fun. Yep. We uh, did a big live faux fop um, uh, during the Melbourne Comedy Festival uh, mm-hmm. at the Comedy Theatre there, where and we had like over nine hundred people at the show, right. and we played uh, How Will Do You Know Charlie, which we first played at the LA Podcast Festival last mm-hmm. year. Um, so we'll probably do something like that again oh, at the cool. festival it'll be really fun get uh, a whole bunch of our uh guest uh charlie's on the show and uh yeah so we're really excited about that so that and i hear it's even bigger this year like it's, more huge yeah. some huge podcasts and stuff that, absolutely yeah. we're really excited we've got welcome to night vales coming back brilliant um, and we have criminal which is really cool that's the um the kind of serial like podcast that, uh-huh. and then we have uh, rooster teeth 
Does that mean there will be a criminal? There won't be criminals in the building. <laughs> no, like, they'll just be telling stories. That'd be great. Uh, yeah. like, it's like it's serial. So you, you might you might just be talking to a guy who possibly murdered somebody. Like there's no real evidence, but if you've listened to the podcast, he's probably the guy yeah, you yeah. think did it. And it's a storytelling podcast, yeah. so. <laughs> so he'll tell you the story. So we we've got some really cool, uh, really diverse shows, and of course all the you know returning favorites, and you know um, Todd Glass and Jimmy Pardo and uh, Isha Tyler, they'll be back as well. So it's going to be a fun. We're trying to like make it up as like a, a mix of like all the podcasts you know and love, and then also a bunch of really cool new ones you may not be aware of or ones that uh, haven't been in the festival before. Yeah, it's it, and it's a really exciting time. I know we talk about it all the time, but there is a. Uh, it is a vibe unlike much else that goes around that podcast. It's festival. really cool. It's a lot of work. And every year we say, this is too much work. I don't want to do it next year. And then the festival happens. We're like, this is amazing. I can't imagine never, you know, ever, ever not doing this. So, <laughs> And uh, tell me about uh, Comedy Film Nerds. What's going on in the Comedy Film Nerds world? Comedy Film Nerds is doing uh, really well. We're still doing uh, one, a minimum of one episode a week. We're reviewing films and we're... Um, uh, also previewing new trailers and new movies. And we, we've also been starting to have a lot more filmmakers on just to try to, we have a, a bunch coming up like to kind of promote a little more of the indie films that you may not be aware of, especially when you've got kind of like a dumping ground for studios. Like you've got that February, March area. So we want to profile more of the indie films that aren't getting the, the push that they should be. What's a movie that recently you've seen? Cause I, I've been trying to branch out a little bit on the, mm-hmm. you know, I'm just cause I've been catching a lot of planes and stuff recently right. as well and often I'll, I'll find that you know they will have like a little indie movie channel yes. or like a, something like that so sometimes you can on a plane the movies are the ones with the lowest license fees yeah so. well exactly right <laughs> yeah. and so often there is really like I see all my Australian films mm-hmm. on planes because right. you can barely catch them at an Australian cinema but they'll have like an Australian f- film like station mm-hmm. and I'll, I'll sit and watch like these Australian films and not always you know, yeah things that I, lo- <laughs> I love but uh, I watched a, a pretty interesting interesting uh one called holding the man which uh, it must have been based on a play and it suffered uh-huh. a little from being it looked like something still that on was a stage a, or something yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. i mean it was about these like it was a, it was it was about the love life of two right. uh gay men throughout their lives and the kind of challenges they'd had but mm-hmm. it, it was called holding the man because like mm-hmm. one was the kind of captain of the school they were, you know the yeah, they were at a private school at that the wrong time to be at a you oh, know gotcha. private school, yeah. and he was captain of the football team, mm-hmm. and he was the you know the artistic sort of blah blah blah, and mm-hmm. it may even be based on a true story. Right. Uh, the one thing I always say about sporting films that have actors in them, and these were definitely actors, mm-hmm. not you know sports people who were playing. They never looked like sports people. Right. <laughs> like, you know, the, the guy was a really good actor at everything right. else, but he was mm-hmm. not good at acting like he could play right. football. <laughs> <laughs> but is there something that you've seen recently that maybe just isn't getting the, the attention it deserved or something that you there, really like that you could tell people about? Yeah, there's two movies, actually. One of them was uh, Synchronicity that was a, a cool low-budget time travel movie. Yeah, it's tell me like about a, that. What, it's what almost like that? a subgenre of uh-huh. like low-budget time travel science fiction. Okay. Because you, you have that Ethan Hawke one. Uh, which I can't remember the name of right now, but uh, yeah, I saw that though. That's I know uh, the one you mean. where he plays all the different characters. Yep. And this one is interesting. It presents this. Um, I mystery. honestly wanted to say multiplicity. But that's, <laughs> that's a Michael Caton one. I, th- I think Russell Crowe too much. Yeah, in synchronicity. Yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> uh, so it, it presents this interesting mystery. Like it's shot like a noir. So all the all, all the scenes are very dark, just uh-huh. lighting wise, and it's a kind of a time travel um, mystery. But what I liked about it is it, it sets up this um, central uh, core question: like, well, is this character actually time traveling? Or is it like the multi multiverse where he's no he's this person but from another Earth or another dimension? Right. Like, um, does he know the future because he's a couple of days, or is it he's just from a completely different Earth? Okay. So um, interesting. It, it set up that it was it was definitely a, a it, it felt like that movie Primer if you remember that movie yeah, like that I do. low budget time yeah. travel we felt like that the other movie I saw was The Invitation which I really liked this was a really dark thriller about a dinner party and Jay Larson from the Crab Feast is in it. 
Really? And, uh, yeah, yeah. We're going to have him on the show to, to talk about it. And it was weird because I did Crab Feast and we were talking about, oh, which movie did you see? And I'm like, The Invitation. He's like, I was in The Invitation. I'm like, Re- really? Because I didn't recognize um, him right away. And I'm like, oh my God, that's right. Who else is in this film? Uh, is there anyone that people will know who made it? Like, who's like, what? where do, where do people find it? The, it's it's on demand right now. So okay. people can find it. And it's it's no nobody really hugely recognizable, which I really liked uh-huh. about it. Yep. Um, and it again, it sets up this really cool mystery of uh, okay well this person's going to a dinner party uh, he's a damaged person he's got a lot of psychological damage from what happened to him in the past is he imagining shit that's going on in this party is it happening in his head or is there real danger is there something really happening here oh, okay. so and, and it's a slow burn and it kind of has those cool red herrings it does it properly but it does the one thing that genre movies um, do right when they are meant to be taken seriously. It's treated like a drama. Yeah, so you right. get to know the characters. You uh-huh. get to know the motivations. And it, it makes a logical sense. And it has a logical progression. So you enjoy it all the more. So when shit goes down, you're like, you care. You actually right. care more because you've gotten to know these characters and these situations. So, And it's all, the entire movie takes place over a couple of hours in one house. So, you know, it was a very low-budget, com- kind of compressed time kind of film, but it's it's great. It's, it's called The Invitation. Oh, there you go. All right. Nice. Yeah, good good plugs. Good plugs. <laughs> plugs for us and for other people. I, uh, I, I'm going to do a couple of quick plugs. Uh, if you are in LA and, uh, and you're hearing this when it first came out, uh, Thursday night I will be at uh, Nerd Melt just doing my hour, Fire at Will. Gareth Reynolds is doing support. Um, the reserve seats are gone, but you know what? It's one of those things where if you rock up on the night, they always find a way to squeeze a few more people in so come along and see that if you would like to see that uh mostly kind of australian stuff but the the way i would pitch it is i think like even if you're a u.s person if you listen to this podcast you'll understand probably 90 95 percent of it and there might be five percent of it that you don't quite understand and then you'll be know what it's like to be from anywhere else in the world consuming <laughs> your entertainment so take a take, take a brief glimpse for one hour into yeah. what it's like to be force-fed other cultures <laughs> entertainment that you don't quite understand. And by the way, 95% is still a pretty good ratio for any, your entertainment dollar. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, it's, it's fine. So, um, and then uh, Perth, I'm uh, first week of May, I'll be in Perth. But uh, otherwise, uh, you can listen to my other podcasts, uh, Tofop, Two Guys, One Cup, my AFL podcast with Charlie, and of course, Will Lossy Film Out Interview podcast. Uh, make sure you support the Kickstarter. And uh, thank you very much, Chris. Oh, great to be here. Thanks for having me.